Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on Kaya FM 95.9. Welcome back. I'm Smitra Naidu. This is My Money and Me. And in our last slot on our Money Lessons feature, we're talking to Sureshni Ryder, radio presenter, co-host on 5FM's Roger Good Show. And also, you know, um, a, a talented woman in so many other ways. She's an MC. I remember she won the MTN uh, Top 10 Women in Radio in South Africa. She's also made uh, appearances on some local films, the Kandasamis. Sureshni, a very Good evening to you. Hi, Sumitra. Good evening. And hi to all of your Kaya FM listeners. It's so awesome to be on your show. I'm super honored. Thank you for inviting me. So you are wrapping up at 5FM now. I mean, you've been there for 18 years, but your radio career started long before that. And of course, you know, I was there with you at the start, I think, or maybe thereabout. But, you know, when you're working, you don't actually get to know the background and, you know, what's happening at home and what you're doing. So I want to know about what money was like for you as you started, you know, as you started as a journalist and you started getting into the media scene, getting into radio. Yeah, I think I can actually start you right there about even choosing my career. Mm-hmm. Money played the most massive part as a kid because um, I had massive ambitions. I think I've always wanted to be in the media industry. I had great dreams. I think the radio has always fascinated me and journalism was my calling. I loved the news. I loved um, you know, questioning the status quo, but I knew that um, my family unfortunately came from very humble beginnings and never going to be afforded a university life. However, my parents always pushed us into being very academic and pushed us to make sure we had grades that were good enough if they were ever able to afford it to send me to university. And when I chose journalism, I could see there was a disappointment for my dad because he knew that, um, first of all, okay, his first thing was safety. Uh, I mean, I grew up, I really grew up in a part that I grew up, I was born in 1977. So I experienced it very differently at a very young age growing up in KZN. Um, and his initial idea of journalism is that they were going to be thrown into a back of a, of a vehicle and never seen again. So he had a lot of trepidations yeah. about the career. But also he'd learned that Rhodes University was the best place to study journalism. And immediately he said to me, I'm so sorry, even if you were able to get in, and I did, um, I can't afford to send you there. So can you choose a cheaper version or a version that could help you better? And my older brother studied at Technicon, uh, at ML Sultan Technicon, which is now, of course, DUT. And I didn't know what Technicon meant. And, and when I learned more about that, you know what, I could go to a place, I could get a real, like a proper degree here, um, but I'll also get the practical experience. And that shaped so much about my choice. And the money started to play that role. And... You know, when we look at what's happened with the students and fees must fall and what they're yes, going to, yes. Samitra, in my, I'm not even, this is the honest truth, in my first and my second, even in my third year, um, I had won um, a student award every single year, but it didn't mean money, unfortunately. I actually, I worked really hard academically because I thought I would get some sort of bursary to help my parents pay. And every year, I stood in a line for student assistance. Mm. Every single year without my parents knowing because... I think I was so worried that they would never be able to afford it. And I remember having a a very emotional argument with my dad. I produced the best results, but my father did not have a check to write me. He did not have the money to ensure that I could begin my my fourth year of study. And I remember banging on that bedroom door and crying. I said, but dad, I did everything. So that, that was a very hard start for me. 
but it didn't stop me there because I, I used that to say, I'm going to prove to you that I'll do so good. I'll, I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to bring you the best results. And I'm going to prove to you that I'll, I'll be able to afford my own studies, and which I did. Um, you know, I added to my degree. I picked up so many like, little mini courses just to fatten things up to make sure that, you know, journalism wasn't a career that they grew up hearing about. So they didn't know a single person who can tell me, yes, you would earn a decent salary from being a journalist. Yes, you could support a family one day. My father thought, better just do this and we'll get her married, <laughs> you know, because he was terrified. So, yes. yeah, there was a lot of things that determined my choice. But I'm so glad I did what I did. Um, it's, it's always been a risky career because I moved into broadcasting and it, it's a freelance life and it's, Really, really it's difficult and you know when you talk about journalism and, and you would find this amongst a lot of uh, journalism students it's either you know there's no money for it people are you know parents are scared um, yeah. that you know it is it's, it's so rife out there journalists can be targeted and also is that journalism doesn't pay very well I mean that's the reality of it um, yeah, you know it's not it's not I mean often you get told go and be a doctor or go and be a lawyer or become an engineer because there's lots of money in it. Journalism, mm. you've got to do because it's a calling. It's a passion. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so even if they say to you, you know, it's not going to happen, I so understand that banging on the door and begging to go <laughs> because it is definitely, uh, you know, it, 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 it boils down to be, being a calling and a passion. Even, you know, being afraid to go out there, that is something that journalists thrive on. I want to be in the action. I want to be there. And your parents are sitting at home freaking out like yeah. is my child going to be safe i mean great fear mm. but but you 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 pushed ahead and you continued and you went into it so when i mean it was difficult in the beginning and then you know when did the first when did you start seeing like some real money i think to be honest maybe in the last five years I started wow. to see some real money and that's really sad because I've been all together in the broadcast industry for 24 years. Um, I've managed to economize on multiple streams because you work as a freelancer. So like I said, as a journalist, I'm a journalist working in a newsroom with you. Uh, I moved into becoming a presenter and whilst I was a presenter, I learned how to become a producer. So I started picking up extra skills in the hopes that, oh, this would mean if I got more skills, they'll upskill me, which means I could possibly get more money. It didn't translate like that, unfortunately. In my head, it did. I thought this is what you need to get to get more money. However, I kept at it because I knew that someday it was going to pay off. But it took many years to build that. And I had to build, like I said, I left Durban to get to Fiber Fame, which of course is Johannesburg-based. A bigger mm. city, a more demanding financial city, you needed to be, you know, you needed money to survive. And I did, I came to Johannesburg earning probably 3,000 rand and, and I took every risk from what I was offered because I was offered this weekend show and I knew I had to, had so much to do. So I had to build ministry in order to build a reputation. So if I did that and if I got more AC work and I built a little name for myself or whatever I could do, then I knew along the line somehow it would pay. But I only started to see that kind of real good money in my mind, literally in the, between the past five and seven years. I'm like, oh, hold on. Now I can see something. My rates are going up a little bit better. I'm now being booked a bit better. I don't have to, you know, fight to justify why I need to be paid for something. The work is speaking for itself. But it has taken a good 15 years of sure. solid work, day in and day out, and so many losses, so many, like, gambles, and also... You put yourself out there, um, it doesn't matter how big your name is, 
people are responsible for that. They they will decide whether to book you or not. And they need proof. They need they need a CV. They need and for me, uh, while doctors could have degrees and prove that they could do all sorts of surgeries, how do I prove that I'm a great presenter? I need to show them things and. To go out and do all of these events costs money. To go out and work for free. And events are four or five hours where I could be sitting in an office and earning a very steady salary. But I just had to push through, like you said, it was a calling. But it, was a, it is a very tough calling and you have to be fully committed to it. So when I do talks to radio students and, and the first thing they say to me, Shush, what car do you drive? And I think they assume that I'm a, a car enthusiast. I love racing supercars. I love test driving them. They've assumed that I've been driving some sort of Lamborghini my whole life. And I took them outside and said, this is my car. And they were like, mm. no. And it is not even my car. My husband actually bought the car for me and he's paid it up. So I actually don't even own a vehicle anymore. And when they saw that, they were like, wait, you're a DJ and you get that? I'm like, yeah. There's no need to have, first of all, a super fancy car. I work on radio, no one sees it. But they don't see the behind the scenes of sometimes how long it takes you. And also along the way, what you decide is valuable. For me, a car is just a car. It's a means to an end. The, the value was investing in myself, investing in protecting uh, my voice or learning a skill about how to do a better show, a better event, because I knew the end goal was one day it's- I can earn enough money. So I could, like, you know, relax a little bit and, and take on new things and try new things. It's so interesting because, you know, it's hard work. And, you know, going back to you talking about the fact that journalism doesn't pay you as well as, you know, so many other professions, you find yourself actually working two or three different jobs in order to survive. What was that like for you to be a freelancer and not knowing when it's going to end, whether it's going to be renewed, you know, there's just no certainty. Yeah, there isn't. And, you know, when you talk about it right now, it's it's such a fresh thing for me because as of Thursday, I will be out of a job because I've held this freelance position. You know, I was so blessed to be at so many radio stations, but just the last two radio stations really became uh, a, monetary, a monetary factor for me. I was actually getting paid properly. And that's a 24-year, 24 freelance year. That's how long I've been a freelancer. And it is a tough life. I've had to think of multiple um revenue streams. And when I got to Johannesburg, look, when I lived in Durban, I lived with my parents. So I didn't have to worry about, oh, I've got to pay for rent or contribute towards a bond or, you know, pay for exorbitant I obviously had, I know people talk about black tax. There's an also thing called an Indian tax and I had to pay my way at the house and make sure I made sure I paid for like, whatever things I needed to get from my, my family. When I got to Joburg, I now learned that, hold on, I needed to not pay rent towards somebody's property. Mm. I needed to have petrol, and I never had this before. So I needed to figure out with the little money that I was going to earn, which was like 3,000 rand, 3,500 rand, I think I'm being so generous here. I remember I had to figure out for the first time in my life how to budget. And I've met people in Joe who said, well, you know what? If you only work two days a week, which was the reality, the rest of the days, you could come and work at a call center. You were once in PR and you're a media consultant. How about you write me something? You know, when I was at uh, Technicon, mm. I earned 20 rand an uh, assignment. I was really excellent at typing. I did typing because I, I thought all journalists had to do typing. So it was a course that I took. Were you typing other people's good. assignments? I was typing and, and I was really good at editing. So I learned from my brother. My, my older brother was a graphic design student. He hated the theory of graphics when it involved mm. art and cubism and history. I loved that. And I loved studying. So I learned to trade in Bath. I'm like, okay, I will do your assignment and you give me 10 rand or 20 rand. I was still in high school, okay? And mm. he was scoring great marks, by the way. So when I got to Technicon, um, I, I, my dad happened to buy me a little typewriter as a gift. 
And he said, use it for your assignments. But then it needed a special ribbon. And the ribbon was very expensive. And I couldn't afford this because I didn't have a part-time job. But my friends happened to see me typing up. And they were fascinated by a portable typewriter. And they're like, oh, don't you want to type my assignments? I'll give you 20 rand. And I was like, whoa, that pays for the ribbon. And that's how I actually started to make a little bit of money towards. So I figured out then, okay, there's an, a revenue stream here and I could bank on this. Yeah. So I used the same idea when I got to Joe and I said, you know, I'm really good at doing this. I could offer you this and I could take phone calls. I've got a nice voice. I could answer your phones or <laughs> I can drive. I've got a car. And it was a car that I'd owned because I'd bought it in cash. And I was able to take friends and give them lifts. I think I was the original Uber <laughs> long time ago. Well, listen, yeah. you are original in so many ways. Young people out there listening and thinking, Robert, is she from the dark ages? <laughs> so, Sureshni, so, <laughs> so where are you now? I mean, considering that, you know, uh, you started seeing some good money in the last five years or some decent yeah. money, but now you are out of a job. I mean, COVID yeah. is very real and, mm-hmm. you know, lineup changes can also be very real. Where have you got a bit of a plan in place? How, how have you have you been investing? Have you been saving? What's been happening? How how are you going forward? Okay, so as a kid, I always had a very poor relationship with money, and that came and that stems from my parents. Uh, like I said, super humble beginnings. Mm. They didn't have a lot to play around with, so they could figure out, oh, this is how we're going to invest. And I think I learned about hedge funds from watching movies. I learned about um, you know the JC and learning about how markets work uh, by listening to other people and watching the news and watching how I didn't even understand how currencies work because people didn't, my family didn't focus on those things. I didn't see my parents, although they owned a small business, um, they built it up into this fashion. My dad's still so old school, he still has a ledger. Up to this day, he still physically writes in a ledger. So I think a lot of that mindset came from watching how my parents did money. I learned about stock sales because my mom did a lottery and I mm. figured out, oh, this is how you do money. But it always felt like I didn't have um, a strong relationship with money. I was so afraid of it because it was never a consistency for us. It was never something that my other friends had a lot of. We didn't have a lot of. We had to, you know, divide it between four kids and a, a big household with, you know, extended family. So my whole relationship, my whole life has always been like very, very scared. I, I was afraid of, and I think that freelance lifestyle of like that, that fight or flight, you know, am I going to have a mm. job? So you're constantly on edge. Um, um, or, uh, and and I do this and I can tell you how it works. If I have a credit card and if I go out and I purchase something for, let's say, 25 rand, by the end of the afternoon, I have to find the 25 rand and put it back in because I'm so afraid it's going to get me into trouble or I'm going to um, have so much debt and then if I lose a job, what is going to happen? And some, some debt collector is going to come to my house. It's, it's that kind of thing that is always crept into my mind. So I never ever had a very, uh, a relationship with money. But however, learning from my husband, um, funny story, when he and I started dating, he taught me the simplest of tricks. And I said to him, I don't know how to budget. If I go to a shop and I buy 15 things, he's like, you don't need that. He used to take 20 rand. Um, if I gave him 100 rand, he would divide them into 20. And every day, he'd put 20 rand in the envelope in the right. Mm. Show me how you can make this money last. And it, was, it felt like I'm back in primary school. I should have learned this in, in primary, and I didn't. But it was the best start to my life because he taught me in my late 20s how to make this money expand, how to take, instead of having to spend everything, that instant gratification, how to make that money 
last Wednesday. And I think I've started to use that now. I think when it comes to personal finance and understanding your money, it really just goes back to basics. It's very, very yeah. simple rules. Save 10% of your salary every month, put it away, you yeah. know, invest wisely, check the interest rate, stay away from too much debt. These are basics and you start small and you build yourself up. So Reshni, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and we wish you well in your future endeavors. Of course, whatever exciting adventures are coming up for you, we wish you all the well, uh, all the best with that. So take care of yourself and thanks so much for giving us your time this evening. My Money and Me, every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.